Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. Often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. Well, I just have the most delightful book to tell cat lovers and just book lovers about. Lara, The Runaway Cat, One Cat's Journey to Discover Home is Where the Heart Is. That wouldn't be so amazing, although it's marvelous, unless you knew that the gentleman who co-wrote this book is the best-selling author of Finding Gobi. But it isn't just the book about Gobi, the dog that followed him across deserts and that he went uh, across continents to find. It's that he was a dog person. And this is written from the point of view of a most gorgeous ragdoll cat called Laura. And all I can say to Dion Leonard is welcome to the show and congratulations on having been able to switch gears so brilliantly between dogs. And now I consider you a cat person. So welcome to the (laughs) cat family. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show again. It's been a while since we last spoke and about the story of Finding Gobi, so it's great to be able to talk about my cat, Lara, as well. It, it, it has been quite a while, and I think of you as one of these extraordinary modern-day Shackleton kind of people that thinks that running across deserts and mountains in a competition is a good way to spend time, which for sort of, you know, house not housebound people, but m- people whose feet are more on the ground – is is astounding and then this amazing dog who followed you but where did the idea come from about laura do you really have a ragdoll cat because i'll tell you the most wonderful and strange thing about this book is i could not figure out for the life of me was this a novel did you invent the whole thing or is it real life this kitty went to china with you and Gobi and your wife but the whole book's written from her point of view, so she never makes it clear. Are, you, you know that there's confusion on purpose, right? Exactly. And yes, Lara is a real cat, and she's been my baby way before Gobi even came onto the scene. So she's an indoor ragdoll cat. She's been living the dream indoors forever. <laughs> and, you know, I disappear, and I go out to China, and I run the race out there, and I find Gobi, and I end up having to stay out in Gobi, um, out in the Chinese country for six months to bring Gobi home. And all of that time, Lara's probably wondering where I am and what's happened to me. Where's my dad? I was always a favorite. And the next thing, I'm coming through the door with this little stray dog. And, of course, that changes Lara's life forever. Right. And you could just imagine the look on Lara's face <laughs> when I walked with Gobi. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, the, the yeah. adventures kind of started from there. You know, Lara started to have this relationship with Gobi and then, of course, they're, they're rascals together. But they really love each other as well. And that sort of gave me the idea to think about how we could write the story of Gobi, I guess, coming into her life from her own perspective. But there's so much more to the story. And one of the things that's been really fun about writing this book is it's half fiction and it's half nonfiction. And it's been completely different to writing, of course, the story of Finding Gobi, which is, of course, you know, a proper nonfiction book. Correct. So, yeah. And then, of course, having the aspect of it through Lara's voice was a point of difference to a lot of other cat stories out there. And we thought that that was going to be a really fun way to be able to engage with the readers as well. It, it, it's extremely fun way. But, but the inventiveness of the idea that she's loved being a housebound cat and you really do cap it is clear how much you love her and understand and love cats because it isn't a cutesy wootsy kitty talking it is this really major cat character living her her precious indoor life with her big blue eyes and her wanting or considering well, what if i could have an adventure and i think that giving that idea to her as a character is wonderful because cats don't get to go on many adventures. I've had authors on the show, you, you know, adventures with cats and how to take them in a backpack or how to put them in the front of a bike or Nala's Journey, the man who's going all around the world with a cat in the front basket of his bike. But it's very hard for anybody else to imagine doing that or any cat to imagine doing that. And yet you take this princess cat and think and put her in a situation and think, well, what would it be like if she went on a trip with us? And it's so believable. I got very worried. She switches places. She does like a parent trap. She switches places <laughs> with another almost identical ragdoll. Where did that idea come from? I actually believed it until I thought this couldn't happen, but it was so realistic. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the really um, great things about the book and where it is is the fact that it is a realistic story and it's also has many many connections back with people's own lives and journeys and Lara's really taking the adventure to go and find herself go and find out who she is and you know believe that she can go out and have an adventure and along the way she helps other people with their own journeys and their own issues and things that are going on in their life so that that's what really made the story great to be able to write is to make sure that it isn't just a uh, a fiction book for kids it's a it's a book for adults and it's a book that has many more points to it so the the story of lara uh running away uh, does entail her switching cats uh with another cat uh called chloe and the story really goes from there but it's that was really one of the most uh sort of difficult parts to come up with it was yes. to still try and keep the story at a level where it was believable as well and we've come up with a really good way to be able to do that so i'm i'm really happy with it you should be it's because yes there is a philosophical element to it about somehow and you know during covid nobody can travel obviously um they can't even leave their their hometown sometimes even their own home much less go to another country but there is always that sense that you don't really get a perspective on yourself as a human and i'm sure that dogs and cats who travel with their people have the same experience you've certainly captured it for her but you don't really get a a, a clear view of who you are and what you want to do and what matters to you 
until you do get on the airplane and look down at the clouds and suddenly you're disengaged from everything and now you're in a new culture for however long you're there. And that also gives you a, a completely different angle on yourself. I imagine that much of this thinking had to come from your own extreme journeys and then your extreme quarantine in a sense with Gobi in China, which wasn't a genuine quarantine, but you couldn't go home to your wife, to your kitty, to your friends, to your regular life. And I imagine that that was a time for reflection for you personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this, the story of finding Gobi touches on a difficult, uh, depressive and abusive childhood yes. that I had. And yes, it takes you through my life to the moment of Gobi and, and how much Gobi connected with me and how much Gobi changed my life forever and made me a happier and a better person. And that's the wonderful thing about animals. They can they can do that to you. And sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for and they find you and, and they help you out. And, you know, the situation with Gobi certainly enabled that sort of more heartwarming and warmness and kindness in my own heart. And that's certainly elements that I wanted to sort of, you know, I brought that into my life every day now, but also through the, the Lara of the Runaway Cat book. I think you made a really good point just before about the, the current time and the pandemic that we're in at the moment. This is a really great book to be able to take you away from those thoughts and <laughs> things that are happening and just just to just for a moment at least put a smile on your face and enjoy an adventure that takes you away and will will get you thinking uh, about those those times coming hopefully in 2021 again. That's that's a really good point that it is armchair travel but from the point of view of a cat which is even more wonderful because it's it's an adventure on two different levels. I, I think that when you talk about animals and how they're healing, she was your baby. She obviously did connect to a softer, warmer, gentler part of yourself originally. So your first connectivity to an animal, was was it through Laura? Was she your first major animal bond? Well, I had a, a dog when I was younger called Tilly, and we had to leave Tilly behind uh, this cattle farm that we were in at the time because we were moving and the dog was better suited to staying on the farm and we were moving to a small country town and that was heartbreaking for me to have to leave her behind and never see her again and it wasn't until into my early 20s and I'd seen the movie Beethoven many many times as a kid and I'd always said I wanted to have a Saint Bernard so I had a Saint Bernard and no uh, kidding yeah and that was something unique to have this awesome dog um of course, I could eat so much and would always be with me everywhere I went. And he was my first real companion as, as an animal. And, you know, he lived a short life as most St. Bernard's. He was only seven, eight years old. Right. Um, but it wasn't until then after that that I had to do some travel with work and we moved to the United Kingdom. And having Lara was the best option for us because she was an indoor cat. I could still go out and go to work and, and not have to worry about her so much. But she's really unique. She's she's a rascal, and she really has some attitude about her. And uh, she's definitely the boss of the house. So it was always I've I've been working from home for for many years before the Gobi story, and we spent a lot of time together. And I think that's where our bondness and connection really grew together. But she's still a cat. She will still go out, and she will still have her own time, and she'll still not want to see me for hours of <laughs> the day. <laughs> 
Whereas Gobi, on the other hand, will be right next to me. She's right next to me now. And of course, she's very loyal and she'll go everywhere with me. So there's always that difference between cats and dogs. But Lara's got a lot of dog in her as well. So I think that's where it's really worked with Lara is she's, she's not just the cat that will come up and see you once a day and that's it and just feed me the rest of the time. She still loves the, the padding and uh, spending some time with you as well. And I wonder, there of course, every cat's an individual and there are lots of cats like that and they don't have to be the purebreds like a Maine Coon or like ragdolls, which are renowned for this lovingness and playfulness and attachment. But you have a theme in the book that... And it's not giving anything away because really the joy is in reading this from the point of view of Laura. She's so funny and she's so attitudinal. She's great. But you do have a theme that when she switches places with this other cat to have more of an adventure, that the other cat is an emotional support animal for the woman she's traveling with who is genuinely terrified of traveling and of other things since, of course, phobias don't just stay in one area usually. And, and I did interview somebody months ago who, who breeds purebred cats specifically as emotional support animals. And I'm wondering what drew you to ragdolls? Probably exactly what you said, that ragdolls have that way with people. They like to have a little bit of fun. They, they have a little bit of attitude, but they also like to be around people probably more than um, some of the other cats that we looked at. Right. And, my wife, Lucia, went out to speak to the lady that was breeding the cats and she spent some time with them, two or three times actually, going back out there. And every time Lara would come up to Lucia and be connected with her and, and she was the one, the, this is Lara that is, that is right. running around, uh, playing, fetching, doing all these crazy little things in the house. And it was always that sort of thing that Lucia said to me, this cat's got some attitude. I think this cat's <laughs> on. <laughs> So that's where it went from with, with Lara. And, you know, we really see that with the connection with Lara and Gobi's unbelievable. They will run up and down the hallway and chase each other. Uh, then they'll be barking and playing with each other. <laughs> next thing they're laying next to each other and they're sort of snuggled up touching each other. And it's, wow. it's really unique. So, And that is something that's a joy to live with when you have animals who, especially cross species, who have that kind of affection for each other. It's such a pleasure to see because we think of cats and dogs fighting like cats and dogs or being wary of each other or never quite trusting each other. So when you have two, and it's interesting because Gobi wasn't raised as a puppy with a kitten, which you always think, well, that's what makes it work. I mean, that guy had had a harsh street life and a lot of change, but he's, yeah. he's such a, a stalwart and valiant little fellow. That. Well, th that was always one of my worries was, you know, spending the time out in China with Gobi going through the quarantine process to bring her home. I'd seen Gobi around cats or, you know, in the little estate that we were staying, she'd see cats and she'd be barking them and be desperate to try and chase after them. And in my head, I was always thinking, what are we going to do right. when we get home? What's Lara going to be like? Because Lara is such a soft sort of cuddly animal that's never really seen a dog before so i was thinking oh my goodness this could be a real bloodbath really, yes <laughs> well yeah but, i can imagine because she it's not like she was a street tomcat who could you know punch a dog in the nose and anyway exactly. you wouldn't even want that to be their relationship no and th thankfully that hasn't really ever been the case and from the moment that they saw each other of course it was a little frosty to begin with but that 
evening, the four of us were all in bed together. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. From a yes. slightly frosty beginning to, to the family bed. That is so lovely. Dion, you've done a wonderful, wonderful job with this book. Dion Leonard, Lara, the Runaway Cat, One Cat's Journey to Discover Home is Where the Heart Is. A quick word on your co-author. Who is she? Sophie Pembroke is her name, and she's a wonderful lady based out of uh, England. And she's uh, she was like uh, uh, unbelievable to work with because writing the Finding Gobi story was a heck of a lot easier because I'll it's bet. a real story and it's a true story and it's in my head. And it was so much, oh, I guess, there was so much more effort. And when I first pitched the story to Harp Collins, the publishers. You know, the, the conversations around having to take it into different areas and having to come up with different ideas was when the moment sort of dawned on me that this was going to be a huge project and working with Sophie on this to bring it all together has been a great experience and something that, you know, I'd never, ever have thought of when I went out to the Gobi Desert to run that race that I'd I'll now had. You know, I'll find bet. a movie. Exactly. Twenty-one languages. You'd wind up. You'd wind up with a with a kitty novel, novel, (laughs) nonfiction. Well, we've run out of time, but I wanted to make sure to give a shout out to to your co-author as well. It's a wonderful book, and I I do think it's a great adventure for people to go on with you during this difficult, challenging time. Thanks so much, Dion, for putting your heart and soul where the animals are. Thank you so much for having us on the show, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey, to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based as in many cat foods, which can compromise cats' health. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.